Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout and I got to tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have, like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there, and I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again. And back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of the podcast. Last episode, I talked about the art of having your dog do nothing and why place training and crate training is a valuable thing. And whether you're opposed to the crate or... um you know, you don't like that, or it's uh, something not really, not really promoted in where you live. You know, whether that's another part of the world from the U.S. or, or otherwise, it just might be a moral thing you just don't feel comfortable with. Um, place training is really um, powerful tool, and thing I want to uh, convey today is kind of a companion to that episode back in January. Um, speaking of sending your dog to a place or a crate and rewarding them for. Um, calm, nice behavior. Um, one of the points that I may or may not have made in that particular episode was a concept that I've introduced to a bunch of my clients and um, communicated to a lot of different people. And um, it goes like this. I, I came across a uh, client had a very, very intelligent, but very, very active um, and the word I used was bonkers. He's just bonkers. He's like constantly like trying to play and get engaged with you and everything is fast, but he's not nervous. He's not overly anxious. Um, he just needs to like really chill out a little bit. So, um, I started working with the family and we started doing place training and having him lay on a particular spot. Um, we used, uh, a, little throw rug, probably like, uh, I don't know, three feet by five feet. And the, the, the dog could, uh, lay down on that, on that object and be rewarded for calm behavior. Um, so the idea of this podcast and, and the topic that I'm going to refer to is one of the struggles that the family had was the dog, like I said, was, was very active and, just being silly, saying that he's bonkers uh, is a good way to describe him because he's in a constant quest for fun and entertainment and he, do, he does silly things all the time um, and he's just a, like a funny, vivacious dog. Now, the one complaint that the owner had had 
He said he's sitting in his um, living room, which attaches to his dining room. And since uh, 2020, and we all know what happened in 2020 in March, uh, a couple years ago, um, he's been working from home. So his dining room table has become his, his home office. Now, the dog is in there, and he's constantly harassing him, jumping on the table, jumping on him. And that spoke to a larger problem where, I mean, uh, the, the dog had a bad jumping uh, problem. He was, um, the family was unwittingly and, and totally unaware of the fact that they were rewarding the dog for this behavior. And also, um, the dog seemed to me a little bit confused on what his role was within the family, um, what his job was when someone was sitting at the table, either eating or on the computer. Um, likewise, the dog really didn't understand how to go about getting good attention from his family when they were all in the living room, just feet away from where the, uh, the, the dining room table was and the, the husband's uh, um, home office was. Now, um, it became clear right away that this dog didn't really have a good understanding of what his role was. What, what was he supposed to do when uh, his family couldn't really focus on him? He also really didn't have an idea of his surroundings and how he's supposed to behave in them. And this is really the core of the topic I want to talk about today. Um, human beings, wherever you are, um, whoever you are, wherever you are, um, we teach our children certain behaviors and, and we teach them there's a certain time and place for all those behaviors. And a good example of that is every child knows how to behave on a playground or on a, a soccer field or, um, at a, a gymnasium or when they're, uh, in school and playing a game for recess or, or um, uh, in physical education class. So there's a certain level of energy that you expel. There's a certain um, demeanor and uh, the way you behave. And obviously playground is much different than library, which is also very similar to, let's say a church or a temple of some sort place of worship. Um, and then also, you know, just other areas of, of society where we teach our children, okay, you're, you're at the playground, run, jump, scream, shout, stomp your feet, roll around on the ground, uh, climb, play, and, and have a good time. And you can do whatever you want there. You can use your imagination. But later on, we're going to go to grandmother's house. And, and at grandmother's house, there's no running and jumping. There's no shouting. When we sit at the table, we're going to be sitting, uh, you know, a certain way, and we're not going to put our elbows on the table, and we're going to chew with our mouth closed. You get the point. The point is, is that we're showing our children, hey, we're in church. You're supposed to sit still. You're supposed to do very little. You're supposed to speak softly and pay attention, because when I ask you uh, to engage, or in in the case of you know organized religions, when um, the head of the religious uh, ceremony is asking of something for you, you know, you might respond or you might sing or you might um, open, you know, a book and go to a certain page or there might be a certain um, a ritual that's associated with this. But you're taught 
this, there's a framework, there's a behavior that you need to um, uh, comply with while you're there. And we do the same thing with our dogs. But the thing is, is that we blur the line left and right. And we don't really have them firmly understand. So going back to the concept of man sitting there um, on one side of the room, there's a dining room table, some chairs, computer, paperwork, and things like that. Then a couple feet away where the room kind of opens up to the living room where there's couches and and chairs and uh, uh, more comfortable places to sit and a television set and uh, some other entertainment, you know, electronics. The family was struggling with the dog was really, really um, hard to handle during the workday, very distractive, very disruptive. During mealtimes, which obviously the, the dog, you know, was trying to counter surf and, and steal food and, you know, be an opportunistic scavenger like, you know, most dogs are. But also in the living room or the parlor or whatever you want to call it, you know, the family would want to kind of lay back, put their feet up watch a movie, watch something, uh, a show or some sort or, or a sporting event and kind of bond around that, you know, the kind of digital fireplace. Well, the dog didn't understand that there's a difference between all that because the family was misleading and also confused the dog. You know, so the poor dog who had a lot of pent up energy um, probably could use a little more exercise, probably could use definitely some training. And that's where I come in. But he didn't understand what was his what was he supposed to do when his owner was sitting at the dining room table behind a keyboard. He didn't know what his role was. And he didn't know what his function was when we were in the living room. Because sometimes it was just lay there, do nothing, and other times it was fetch or tug or or some sort of engaged play with their their humans. Now, you can kind of see that this is a slippery slope because you're sending mixed messages. I mean, you can't all of a sudden run up to your child in the middle of a soccer match and tell them, stop shouting, don't run, walk calmly, or just sit and be quiet. It's not appropriate. Same thing with the playground. Likewise, you're not going to tell your kid, okay, I want you to, in the library, I want you to climb to the highest point you can and jump from one to the other. And then, you know, uh, stand on the table uh, and jump off that or Spin around in your chair uh, so, till you get dizzy. These are activities that, you know, of course, some kids do. But the leader of that organization, the library or, or the, the church or, you know, the religious service, they know how they want their congregation or how they want students to comply. Same thing if I'm a, if I'm a coach for a, a soccer match. I want my kids yelling and communicating. I want families cheering. I want running fast and, and, and trying hard and, and, you know, that type of behavior. But I don't want to cross pollinate those two things. You know, when I'm, when I'm taking my, uh, my, my daughter or, you know, like my, my kids out to dinner, depending on where the place is, I expect the, them to understand how they should behave. So if it's a very quiet, fancy restaurant, you know, our behavior is a little more proper where, um, our, behavior is on on a better level and um we're a lot more uh soft tones when we speak and we're a little more um conscientious to our neighbors but then you know just the other night we went to kind of like a sports bar and a pub 
there's television sets everywhere and they're watching uh basketball and and uh car racing and and all kinds of other sports and there's cheering and noise and alcohol. Okay, well that's different. You know, my kids can behave a little bit differently. They can speak louder, but at the end of the day, no one's going to I'm not going to allow them to to jump jump on a, on the table or uh tackle their neighbor. So, here's the point I'm making with this and this this episode is going to be fairly short and sweet because having your dog realize what the expectations are for how their behavior should be when you walk into a given room, say a training ring. If you're taking your dog to a class, you know, the dog knows when they're in there, how they're supposed to behave. They can kind of look around the room and most dogs kind of do understand. Oh, okay. I'm supposed to work in here. I'm supposed to pay attention to my, my human at the other end of the leash here. I'm supposed to, to focus and get rewards for doing obedient stuff and controlling my impulses. But, if you took your dog to the dog park or you let them in your, your backyard and garden where it's all fenced in and you're going to bring over their best friend, whose neighbor, their neighbor dog that they always play together and you're going to play fetch and uh, they're going to wrestle and then you're going to tug with the dog and uh, they'll, they'll get to sniff and run and jump with each other and have a great time. That's great. But you're not doing that in your dining room or your kitchen. Certainly not doing that in your bedroom or your bathroom. So showing the dog that there's behaviors that are encouraged in different parts of society and different parts of the house, very important. It's very, very important because a dog isn't a mind reader and people send these mixed messages. One minute we're playing tug and I'm fully engaged with you. Next minute, I can't look at you because I have to look at a, at a, at a, uh, a square screen with lights coming out of it. According to the dog, the dog doesn't know what the hell's going on. And they'll struggle to understand why you won't engage with them in the same location about the same time of day that they, that you did the day prior. And if you just at once engage with the dog and take their toy and throw it across the room, the dog's coming back for more. You're not solving anything. So this is why you kind of Make a, a, a shift in how you behave in, in that circumstance and show your dog exactly what you expect of them. Go to your place, lay down, here's your reward. But calm rewards. You're not going to be shouting their name. You're not going to be celebrating like they, like they just won a championship somewhere. You're literally just teaching the dog, lay next to me, good things happen, I'll, I'll give you affection, you get too heated, I put you right back there. Now, if the dog needs that extra layer of engagement, take the dog outdoors, take him on a vigorous walk, play with them outside, let them run around, let them be crazy, come back into your living room, come back into your kitchen or your, or your dining room. What's the dog's expe expectations? Lay down, be quiet. Fair enough. Good. Let's reinforce that. Whenever the dog lays down, catch them being good. Reward them for it. At least look at your dog. Good boy. Good girl. Good job. That's appropriate. I like that. I like you when you're doing this in here. You want to go crazy? You want to have fun? You want to uh, um, run and jump and bark and make all kinds of noise? That happens outside these four walls. Whenever you do that in here, it's rejected and you're sent back into your place. You have a physical location where you expect the dog to go to. So they're not confused either. 
They see their mat, they see their bed, they see their crate, and they understand that's my place. I'm supposed to go there and I can wait for my human to give me my rewards that I've earned for being calm. Now, part of the reward schedule is actually the dog's feeling of being calm. Don't make the mistake of saying, well, my dog's excited and that feels good. In a lot of cases, it doesn't because the dog's frantically trying to um, kind of mash all the theoretical buttons to get the right result. And the right result is, well, the human disengages from what they're looking at and engages with me. At that point, the dog starts exhibiting behaviors that start to escalate further and further into attention-seeking and attention-grabbing behavior, stuff that becomes undeniable. So if you see someone that's total tunnel vision, hunched over their keyboard and, and looking at their screen intently, they're on the phone and they're having a very, very intense conversation or very focused behavior, and then you got a, a, a Labradoodle that's jumping in your lap and has a tug toy in it. Well, that's fine and good, but if 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 you can't engage with them, and the dog doesn't know what to do. The dog figures out, well, okay, well then, geez, maybe I should just chew the furniture. Maybe I'll get attention that way. And you know what? They do every time. They get some level of attention, but not the attention that you want for that environment, not attention for you, for you want in that particular social situation. And you also want to make sure that they understand what is rewardable and what isn't. And that play scenario and and them kind of being pushy and trying to get the play is something obviously that works a lot for for a lot of dogs if you kind of change the narrative and say i'm here doing this i need you next to me doing nothing and i'm going to reward you for that the dog will figure out really quickly it's an easy payday my human loves me for for me when i do this and you know what while i'm here it kind of feels good to be relaxed next to them. And then all I need to do from there is if I get bored, close my eyes and go to sleep. With that, guys, that's the podcast for today. Try and use this philosophy for um, teaching your dog how you want the dog to behave in most situations. And once you start evolving that to outdoors too and teaching your dog, you know what? I like it when you're calm, when we're sitting uh, on a bench next to the bus station and you have car and bus and people and, and food and noise and, and all kinds of uh, distractions. Rewarding them for being calm in that situation too is appropriate. And then when we go to the, the park and we start playing, we throw a frisbee or we throw a ball or we do a tug toy or whatever, the dog understands that's the time and place for that. It's appropriate behavior. And they're going to feel better for you reinforcing that stuff. Anyway, that's it for today, guys. If you like this podcast and you think I'm doing a nice thing for you, well, guess what? I'm doing it with my own money and I'm uh, giving this information out for free. So if you feel so inclined, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Casper and buy me a coffee. couple bucks. Just give me a tip of the hat. And maybe that'll pay uh, for some of the recording devices and, and uh, services I have to pay for to provide this free information. Um, thank you again for Right CBD, R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com. Um, they have awesome human and pet tinctures. 
They do wonders for inflammation, uh, anxiety, and uh, stuff like we're talking about in this podcast. You know, a lot of these dogs could use some sort of um, help with anxiety or, you know, their um, over-the-top energy level. But at the end of the day, really the best thing is training, exercise, and play. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Take care. See you again soon. And cheers.